You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. My latest article will be up there checking out the underrated players, so the value picks. We already did the Do Not Draft list, and we broke that down here to start this week. We will discuss that sleeper list there, the value picks, the steals, sleepers, whatever you want to call it, that you can target in your drafts. We'll break that down in full for you on Monday's show. The preseason is underway, so we're starting to see some action and uh, get to know some of these players a little bit better. Today we're going to wrap up our strategy session, that's session, not Susudio, about our positional rankings. And we're going to just continue here with the tight ends. We looked at uh, quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. So we are definitely going to also... uh, Give you some tips here to dominate your tight end selection in your 2022 drafts here. So this is how to target guys early, in the middle, look for sleepers late, uh, bust avoid, all that good stuff here. So a comprehensive draft plan for this position, just like we've done with quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. If you've missed any of those shows, check those out on the archives of Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks for making us your first listen today. And we are free and available to you on all platforms for your advice all season long, five days a week here, and short, convenient, straight to the point listening form on the Locked On Network. So let's dive right in. Speaking of uh, to the point, tight end rankings. Now, there's no secret on who the top two tight ends in fantasy football are. They are the guys that dominated last year Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs. And Mark Andrews of the Ravens, there's a third guy that has emerged to join them in that elite first tier. It is Kyle Pitts. And look at Kyle Pitts. What does he have in common with these other two guys? Clearly the number one target, the receiver in his team's offense. And look at Travis Kelsey. You lose Tyreek Hill, so Kelsey takes on more importance here for Patrick Mahomes. In Baltimore, the Ravens moved Marquise Hollywood-Brown. Rashad Bateman moves up to the number one receiver spot. Clear cut there, but Mark Andrews becomes a bigger deal now as the go-to guy for Lamar Jackson all over the field. Big touchdown season for Andrews with Jackson and uh, some bump as well with the Tyler Huntley situation. They're taking advantage of a Brown fading down the stretch and not being as healthy. So Kelsey and Andrews in Arguably favorable situations that are better than last year. Then Kyle Pitts, this one's a tough one. You lose Matt Ryan. He had some big numbers for Pitts. Didn't have a lot of touchdown love, but the Falcons didn't score quite a bit. And part of it was they ran for touchdowns there with Cordell Patterson, but still not an explosive offense here with Matt Ryan. So Pitts emerges here because their wide receiver core has been gutted here. Calvin Ridley serving the year-long gambling suspension. Russell Gage left in free agency to the rival Buccaneers. So you have Kyle Pitts and the rookie first-round pick Drake London at wide receiver. So the Falcons were desperate enough to reach a little bit for London. I do like the upside of him 
with the size and speed, the catch radius. He can be special in this offense. But you also have a quarterback change to Marcus and Mariota, and potentially at some point, the rookie Desmond Ritter. So these are the top three guys you can look at. And you look at Marcus Mariota's history going back to Tennessee. He's been connected to Arthur Smith for a while. He was the Titans offense coordinator before. So there's that connection to Delaney Walker. Remember, Mariota and Walker put up some big numbers together. So Kyle Pitts is going to be treated as a number one receiver like the whiteout here. So where can you get these guys? Well, here's simple for your draft plan. One, two, three. That means Travis Kelsey, you can take him at the back end of the first round. Mark Andrews in the back end of the second round. And Kyle Pitts around the third round there, mid to late there. So pretty simple the way you're going to have to think about these guys when you're on the clock here. So that's what you're looking at here is uh, you're going to have to have a very high investment. Now, what are the opportunity costs of taking a, a tight end early? Is this kind of like the quarterback? We were talking about that with uh, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, similar threesome there that you look at at the top in the first tier. Now, where can you get these guys in relation to other people is what we have to see when you're looking and weighing these guys versus other positions. Now, with Travis Kelsey, he's situated there, right there with the elite wide receiver one. So Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, that's what the price you're going to have to pay to get Travis Kelsey. So keep that in mind there. It's a pretty hefty price there to give up one of those really top wide receiver ones here. I, I had a little bit of a cutoff, rough cutoff there, the CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel run. Speaking of Samuel, Mike Evans, those are the guys around Mark Andrews there in the late second round there. So that's what you have to weigh. Do you want to have that big tight end advantage? Or do you want to look for a sleeper later, knowing that it's going to cost you a little bit at wide receiver or running back later, not having as good of a value at that position because he invested highly at tight end. Now, Kyle Pitts would seem to be the better value right now. He's going around 34th, and that's when it changes. You go to DJ Moore, he's a middle-of-the-road uh, wide receiver two right at this point. Uh, that's not saying he's not special. And they have Deontay Johnson there. But then you also look at Brees Hall and Cam Akers and David Montgomery. Those are the type of running backs. So the running back drop-off has kind of already occurred there when you get past Ezekiel Elliott in terms of someone you can trust for regular fantasy numbers. Brees Hall, a little bit of wild card as rookie. Akers with the injury. Montgomery facing a new offense. So I would say that Kyle Pitts is a little bit better value in going after him there than Kelsey or Andrews. But Kelsey and Andrews also give you significant advantage because what happens in that case is that Kelsey and Andrews in essence are like wide receiver ones for you with their production and then you just fill out a wide receiver three type player to be your tight end so there's that advantage so keep that in mind so Kyle Pitts is better value just because you don't have to give up too much I think you can still get some really good values at running back and wide receiver in the first two rounds and then come back with Pitts in the third round so that's how you have to weigh it here. So again, it's okay. You're going to have to struggle a little bit with your back-end wide receivers, but you'd rather do that than have a drop-off there at tight end. So that's what you have to weigh. Is your advantage at tight end greater than what you would have had going from a wide receiver one that you were taking there in the front of your lineup to your wide receiver three that it trickles down to because you took that tight end early. So that's what you really need to weigh. And to me, I like to wait on a tight end, but of late I've been rather aggressive 
and going after these guys. Because I also feel, this is another thing that happens with these guys, they're the most reliable, right? Travis Kelsey is a solid pick. He's money in the bank every year. Kyle Pitts, youngster, second-year player, first-round pick. He's healthy. He's going to be out there. So there's less volatility. Mark Andrews has had some health issues, but... When he's on the field, he dominates, and we've seen that, and he was able to do that last season. So that's the thing about these tight ends. They're rather durable. It's a very physically demanding position, but to stand out and be that healthy as receivers in this position, that also gives you great appeal there. I think more so that uh, the tight ends, you feel comfortable in this top tier, taking them versus wide receivers, taking them versus running backs here. That's what you have to weigh. Does that running back give you that steady value there? And it's hard to say. I mean, there's too many variables with running back. So I think the durability definitely comes in play when you look at these three guys being such high picks. And again, one, two, three, round one, round two, round three for these players. Now, if you don't get in on those tiers, so what do you do at tight end? Do you attack in the next wave there? The next eight tight ends that would fall in line there to qualify as tight end ones in 12-team leagues? We'll explore that in our Second segment here on today's show. Before we do that, it is exciting to have games back here. It's preseason action week one. We had the kickoff already with the Patriots and the Giants. And then we had the Titans and the Ravens. And before we cash in nicely on the Jaguars and Raiders. So a lot of more action coming this weekend. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online source for all your sporting wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered as you try to know who's going to cover the spread. Head to BetOnline today or use the mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, it is time to uh, continue our look at my tight end strategies for your 2022 fantasy football draft. And we talked about the first tier of tight ends and what you have to consider when going after those guys and where you can expect to get them. Now let's look at the next tier. According to Fantasy Pros, the consensus rankings, we're using half-point PPR for purposes. George Kittle, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson, Dallas Goddard, and Zach Ertz. Now, I'll tell you the two guys that stand out in this tier. I think they're things that you can hear, and this one is a little bit trickier because Kittle and Waller are going in round five. Dalton Schultz is going in round six. You have Hawkinson and Goddard going around round seven, and then Zach Ertz in round eight. So I think I want to go the best value in relation to the other guys here. So what would that say? We're going uh, double-time Stanford here with the Zs, Schultz, and Ertz. That's where I think you want to look at here in the draft. Those are great targets here. Why? Look, George Kittle, we love George Kittle, and he's a fantastic player when he's on the field, but there are some question marks. Can he stay healthy? He always misses games. That has to be factored here. New quarterback there in Trey Lance. Will Kittle have the same Chemistry that he did have with Jimmy Garoppolo. You have Darren Waller. There's a concern there with his changing situation. Coming off injury, getting a little older, not the biggest red zone threat. And you got uh, Devontae Adams. This is that alpha receiver that really stands out in Hunter Renfro. So that's competition for key targets. Now, George Kittle also has Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. But when you get to Dalton Schultz, and he did finish as the tight end three 
by the way, last season behind Kelsey and Andrews. So he's dropping down to tight end six, seven in a lot of drafts here. He's a very good value pick, and here's why. Because you look at Amari Cooper, there's vacated targets there. Michael Gallup's not fully healthy. They've just lost James Washington. Jalen Tolbert is a very good uh, rookie wide receiver, but how much are they going to put on him in this offense with Dak Prescott? They're going to trust the main receivers here. So you look at CeeDee Lamb, Alpha, he's going to be dominant as that wide receiver one on this team. You also look at Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard catching passes out of the backfield. Tolbert could be a factor, but you look at Dalton Schultz, he's going to have to be a key presence all in the field. And Schultz was really targeted in the red zone, and it's been the last couple seasons as well when you had Andy Dalton in there having to fill in for Dak Prescott. Schultz is a very good red zone receiver, so that touchdown base is going to be there. A little bit better than Waller. and The Cowboys offense still on the high trajectory here with Kellen Moore. So I, I like that value. Instead of uh, using a valuable fifth-round pick on Kittle or Waller, wait till round six, get a different type of player, maybe get a little bit of running back depth, maybe target a quarterback that's falling, and then come back with Dalton Schultz in round six. Same thing with TJ Hawkinson and Dallas Goddard versus Zach Ertz. You look at uh, that situation here, and uh, look, Hawkinson is in a busier Lions offense. you got uh, now DJ Chark, Jameson Williams, Amon Rice St. Brown came on. The end of last year, DeAndre Swift is a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Hawkinson's an excellent blocker. They could be happy with that aspect of his game. And we know Jared Goff and Hawkinson, we teased a lot about their chemistry. It was limited last year because Hawkinson can quite stay healthy with a foot injury, so there's a durability there. He's kind of the kittle light, and the injury issues also follow him there in Detroit. So something to look at with TJ Hawkinson there, so there's a little bit of buyer beware there. Dallas Goddard, what happened in Philadelphia? There's a change, right? A.J. Brown is there. So A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Goddard slips there in his spot of the pecking order. They could be more aggressive with the downfield passing game. I think you'll also see Kenneth Gainwell involved out of the backfield as a receiver. So there are ways to take away the target volume and production of D- Dallas Goddard. Now, what do we have with Zach Ertz? Well, this is what's happening with Ertz and Look at DeAndre Hopkins. Ertz was a big factor when Hopkins was hurt last season. Hopkins missing the first six games. He's a reliable receiver. He came back on a good contract. Trey McBride, their next guy is a rookie. Max Williams also returned. He's coming back from major knee injury. I think Zach Ertz is going to be a key target there as well as A.J. Green. You look at Hollywood Brown in the mix, and that changes things a little bit. But Ertz was still producing at some point with Hopkins in the mix. And I just think in this Cliff Kingsbury offense, you look at Ertz, having a key role here still. That's why he got that contract for a few more years. We thought he might be done when we looked at him staying in Philadelphia with Dallas Goddard, but a renewed lease here on his uh, NFL career and also his fantasy football production here. So you look at him, you can get him in the eighth round. So again, do I want to focus on Hawkinson Goddard in the seventh when I can get Ertz in the eighth and just as good a value? So that's what you really have to look at here. Now, those uh, guys, when you add them to the mix, we have nine tight ends that are in the consensus rankings there. That means three more come into play as uh, tight end ones. But really, for me, it's all about looking for sleepers beyond that point. So if I'm not going for Kelsey Andrews early in round one or two, we're getting that value with Pitts. I'm waiting for Schultz or targeting Ertz there in round six and eight, respectively. And then... It just take the guy you like there next. I don't think the rankings hold up there. We will get into who I like next in that uh, tier as we round out the tight end ones and get into the upside tight end twos in our final segment. 
Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. Now, don't forget about our Lockdown Dynasty show, another way to cover fantasy football for you if you're in a league that you're keeping players and want to know what to do and how to build on your roster to try to win in 2022 and beyond. We've got you covered on Locked On Dynasty here on the network. All right, it is time to close the show here and look at uh, the rest of our tight end ones and get into the tight end twos, our tight ends fantasy football strategies for 2022 draft. Coming up at 10 is Dawson Knox. Now, there's some red flags with Knox there with Gabriel Davis becoming a key receiver here. Jameson Crowder is in the mix as Isaiah McKenzie. So, O.J. Howard at tight end. So, there are definitely things that make you want to go away from Dawson Knox. It's not anything to do with him. I think he'll be a key reality player still for Josh Allen. But I think there's too many things to worry about, including Josh Allen's running and other intermediate options. Now, Pat Freer moves. Some people are down on a little bit. I think you got to look at the touchdown potential in this offense. Also, it's either Mitchell Trubisky or... Kenny Pickett, they're going to treat Freemuth as a checkdown guy, short intermediate guy, red zone trust here, security blanket, tight end, especially if it's Pickett in there. I would assume that Pickett is going to start at some point this season the way that Trubisky is looking training camp. So I think if you base it a little bit on Trubisky, you might fade Freemuth a little bit, maybe looking at the wide receivers. But I think what hurts a little bit here is uh, George Pickens and Chase Claypool and those downfield receivers with this unknown quarterback situation. But I think you'll see a lot of the same there with Harris and Freemuth, that check down, shorter passes going to them. So if I had to go with the Knox or Freemuth, I would go Freemuth. But the guy I really like here is Cole Komet, and he kind of rounds out the tight end ones. And people are wondering, why Cole Komet this high? He didn't score a touchdown last year. The Bears offense doesn't have a lot of positive vibes. But when you look at Komet, I, I just see that classic skill set, that he can go up and get the ball. He was... Very efficient last season. Got a good target rate. There's not a lot in the Bears offense after Darnell Mooney for Justin Fields. So it lines up really well. Remember we talked about can your tight end be in a top three target situation if they're not uh, racking up the targets and uh, red zone looks here. And Cole Komet is going to definitely be that. I think you're going to get the touchdowns to the season as well. I think this Bears offense is a bit underrated. I think the Luke Gentry influence uh, in the Packers style of offense. Keep in mind, Robert Tunyon had a big season in this offense uh, there for Green Bay with a big touchdown score. So the potential is there for Komet. I do like him as a hot sleeper with Freebooth a little bit more than Dawson Knox. And this next player, Hunter Henry, I think he was too touchdown dependent last year. Got a little bit of help in that receiving core with Devontae Parker. So the touchdowns can still happen. He has good chemistry with Mac Jones, but... I don't know if you're going to get that consistency you're looking for when he doesn't score. Now, Mike Gusecki, I think people point to the fact that Mike McDaniel came from Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers offense, and is Gusecki going to be the next George Kittle with his usage? In theory, there's some sense to that, but the problem is Gusecki is not as talented as George Kittle. He's a short area receiver, and part of his uh, production was with Tua Tagovola treating him on the shorter passes, but those can go to Tyree Kill now with Jalen Waddle in the mix. A little bit uh, better receiving core overall with Cedric Wilson. Chase Edmonds is a good receiver out of the backfield. So I'm going to fade Gusecki, and I think the problem with Gusecki, he's not very consistent in the red zone. He's not a good after-the-catch player, so he's a guy I would avoid in a lot of drafts. Now, Albert Oakland-Beanham is our next guy that is on the rankings. He's been moving up a little bit since the Tim Patrick injury. There, him going down for the Broncos. I'd be wary of that because Russell Wilson has never really put up numbers with the tight end. It's been in flashes we've seen with Jimmy Graham and Will Disley and some of those players. But I don't think we're going to get that consistent production, especially some depth 
at the Broncos uh, tight end core with uh, the rookie Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. So they're two ranked too closely, and their usage could be very similar. I still think uh, Russell Wilson's main guy and dominant guy is going to be Cortland Sutton this season. I do like Irv Smith, however, in that situation. Tyler Conklin was pretty valuable there at times when they ex- deployed the ball to him more than expected there as the Vikings tried to f- figure out that third target behind Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. For a while it was K.J. Osborne. For a while it was Conklin. Now Osborne is trying to figure out his role versus uh, Albert Wilson and Jalen Naylor, the rookie that uh, has been creating some buzz in training camp. So Irv Smith, if he can come back from that injury, he's got a good pedigree. Good, talented receiver, very good blocker. He's going to be out there in the Dalvin Cook situation. So maybe a little bit of a expanded Tyler Higbee-type role here for the Kevin O'Connell Rams-styled offense coming over. So that's also some upside that offense to score more points, and I think the Vikings have a profile of a playoff team as well. Now, digging deeper, who would I like? You do have Robert Tunyon. We're going to watch the knee injury recovery here and see if he's going to be a key target for the Packers. They need somebody to step up. Tunyon has big red zone experience. There are some vacated touchdowns there in the passing game with Adams gone. Tyler Higby, I also like. Speaking of Higby and that Rams-style offense, uh, you have Van Jefferson hurting right now. There's not much there, the third option there. Cam Akers out of the backfield a little bit, but Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson need a bit of a running buddy. You don't have uh, Gerald Everett or that second reliable tight end right now. So Higby is someone you look at. Austin Hooper you could look at a little bit because, again, the Titans offense likes to throw a tight end. You do have Ryan Tannehill. A lot of vacated targets, the most in the league there. So it's figuring out if Robert Woods is going to be healthy enough to contribute or do they go to short or intermediate where a lot of uh, shorter passes to the rookie trail on Burks and Austin Hooper is involved. Not interested in Evan Ingram at all, partly because you have Dan Arnold you got to worry about there with uh, Jacksonville in the Doug Peterson offense for Trevor Lawrence. Logan Thomas coming off a major injury. You can't go that direction. Hayden Hurst, I wouldn't be surprised if he has some C.J. Uzuma-type production there for the Bengals, but still pretty buried here. Drew Sample could cut into his work. Brevin Jordan, I do like the theory of Brevin Jordan there in the the Texans' offense. He has uh, some good value in terms of receiving skills out of Miami, but you also have to worry about uh, Farrell Brown being the top tight end on the depth chart, and it's a mess of a Texans' offense, so... We might see more Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins there at wide receiver to help produce. Uh, you have Jonah Smith, and that's why I worry a little bit about Hunter Henry. I think he could be a bigger factor for the Patriots if healthy. Digging deeper, you like Mo Ali Cox a little bit because the, Matt Ryan, in the end, he's got Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell, but he's going to be more about short to intermediate, likes to throw to the tight end, going back to his early days in the NFL with Tony Gonzalez there in Kyle Pitts last year. So Ali Cox has some good... Situational help there with uh, Jack Doyle retired out of the mix. I'm going to cool off on Adam Troutman. We touted Adam Troutman a little too much last year. Now you have to worry about Michael Thomas coming back in full force, Chris Olave, the rookie first-round pick, and Jarvis Landry. CJ Uzama, speaking of the real Uzama, he's got to battle Tyler Conklin there. So a split committee approach there with the Jets we're not going to look at. And digging deeper... uh, how do you assess that Buccaneer situation without Rob Gronkowski? I think Cameron Brake could be a nice little sleeper here late in drafts there. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I think the presence of him, who's a pretty good uh, red zone receiver as a veteran, Julio Jones might be used situationally in there. But keep in mind, Chris Godwin's hurting. Russell Gage is going to be starting the outside probably with Mike Evans. Cameron Brake has good uh, rapport with Tom Brady. Remember, they really had that kindling until Rob Gronkowski came and stole some of the thunder there. So... Great, smart guy. We know Harvard, all that good stuff. 
he's had uh, productive fantasy moments in the past. So he's the one of those deep sleepers that you're looking at. So how I look at it, uh, the tight end uh, rule of thumb in general has been go for a tight end early or go for one late. But I think you can go for one in the middle and look for those values as well. So again, one, two, three on Kyle's, Andrews, and Pitts for the round targeting. You look at Schultz and Ertz being those later values there at tight end one. And then among the other young tight ends, I look at uh, Freermuth and Komet and Irv Smith having some appeal there. Some old reliables, maybe Tunyon and Higby and Hooper resurfacing here at the position that Ali Cox in a good spot there to probably do some damage there with the Colts and Ryan. So that's summarizing our tight end draft plan for you to close this show and this week of Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks so much for listening. Check out all the good draft stuff we have if you missed it earlier this week. Again, we will attack my sleeper list, the underrated players by ADP and their ranking here. We'll do that on Monday show. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. Now make sure your second listen is Locked On NFL, breaking down the league as a whole. Our rotating list of guest hosts to really bring it to you and uh, cover the league from all angles there. So check it out. The inside and opinion five days a week, just like this show, Locked On Fantasy Football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you Monday with more Sleepers Talk here on the show.